It's Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. The publisher of Audiophile, Michelle Cobb, is with me to actually put a beautiful period at the end of our discussion of our 30 days of Golden Voices. We have the last Golden Voice we're going to talk about, and drumroll Michelle. That was a terrible drumroll, but here we go. Stefan Rudnicki. Now, if you actually look up deep voice in the dictionary... I'm telling you, you're going to get a sound clip of Stefan. He is a voice that is so distinctive. Well, he obviously has gravitas because of that voice. I think he also gets definitely that. So he never goes over the top. So he has this gravitas, but he narrates. There's almost, again, a kind of matter of factness to his reading because he knows how much the voice itself, that deep voice conveys. That's true. I, I think of the word definitive and scholarly, those words, when I think of what he's doing. And there's a confidence in whatever he's saying. So it allows him to kind of get me through these wacky science fiction and fantasy worlds that I have no idea, you know, where these crazy ideas are coming from. But because he is telling me I'm there. <laughs> Okay, so give me an example. Which fantasy? Well, in particular, The Winds of Altair by Ben Bova. So I've picked a clip and we should listen because you get to hear a few different characters. And it's kind of a fun little book because it's about running out of resources on Earth and having to look to other planets, which is, you know, maybe something we're going to face at some point. But also there are kind of all these crazy characters going on. So let's hear. Okay. Here is Stefan Rodniki with The Winds of Altair by Ben Bova. The wall phone buzzed. Answer phone, Amanda sang out. The 10-centimeter picture screen above the phone's speaker grill fluttered momentarily, then formed an image of Bishop Foy. He looked even grimmer than usual. Dr. Colwesi, is Jeffrey Holman there with you? Amanda's eyes darted toward Jeff, then back to the screen. Yes, he is, she answered. A little guiltily, Jeff thought. I want to see you both in my office, Foy said in his scratchy, thin voice. At once! But Bishop Foy, at once! The screen went blank. Amanda carefully pressed the phone's off button making certain that neither sound nor picture could be transmitted before she muttered, Someday I'm going to spit in that man's face. So even when he's being a little wacky, he's being genuine and present and taking us down to earth, whatever the crazy that's happening. <laughs> yes, that is good. I can see how that works. He also narrated a memoir, Speak Memory, by Vladimir Nabokov, which actually is, is one of my favorite books. And... He does a wonderful reading of it, I think. Yeah, and he was originally born in Poland, and so he has foreign language and accent abilities that many mm. people who narrate should be envious of, partially due to his skill and partially due to his upbringing, which is great. And I also think he is one of those narrators who is so wonderful w with history. If I were an historian, I would want him to narrate my book because you would simply say, all right, that's what happened. It's true that we picked out Revolutionary Summer, The Birth of American Independence by Joseph Ellis as one of his essential listens, for example. And that's where, again, those words definitive, scholarly, that really comes in. And when I'm 
reading with my eyes, I tend not to do nonfiction because I take it in much better in an oral capacity, especially when it's being read to me by someone with an amazing vocal tone who also really seems to get the material and help me get through, you know, sentences and pieces of history that I might not have understood before. It's interesting because actually I prefer reading nonfiction because I'm crazy about footnotes, but I actually had heard his reading of Revolutionary Summer, and I just was so impressed, aside from the definitive nature of his voice, the way he could just maintain a through line that really takes you through it and does exactly what you had been saying, that you prefer in a narrator, that I, I often find difficult hearing as, as opposed to reading. But boy, can he nail it. Well, and the other thing about Stefan is that he is, again, one of those people that is on both sides of the microphone. So he does producing as well. And, you know, he understands what different actors are going through. He's participated in a lot of the Orson Scott Card Enders game series titles, which are full cast recordings. So I think Again, he understands so much about performance and what you need to do that it enhances every book that he records. Definitely. Well, this has been so much fun, and we'll have to do it again soon, maybe next year. Yes, it's so sad to hear it all come to an end, as it were. You know, we we are off to talk about other things next month, but I will miss these personal connections to the Golden Voices and the rediscovery of each of their individual talents that we've been doing. Yes, as will I. Well, Michelle, it's been a pleasure as always. Likewise, Joe. July 1st, we're continuing our month of Golden Voices with an extended edition of Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. It's an in-depth interview with January Lavoie, one of my favorite narrators, who literally can read anything. That's dropping July 1st, an extended interview with January Lavoie. She's seriously terrific. This has been Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. We're supported by Oasis Audio. Behind the Mic is produced by Jessica Lockhart, Robin Witten, Michelle Cobb, Emily Connolly, and Jonathan Smith are contributors. Jennifer Dell is the editor. The music is William Ross Chernoff's Nomads 4-Way. And I'm your host, Joe Reed. Good listening.